So last week, um, Matt O was our first returning guest, and he felt that that was a really high place of honor. And we told him that he should treat it as an interview, and then if he would like to be invited back, that he would need to perform well. Mm-hmm. How, how did he do? Um, it was fine. I'll tell you that um, I don't want you to give yourself that kind of pressure. Uh, you will be invited <laughs> back regardless. <laughs> I already passed my first interview. Yeah, exactly. So um, we could just talk with no pressure. Um, so week one, it's been out a week, and we talked about the importance of being a follower and not just a fan. Do you remember back to the days of talking about being a follower and a fan? I don't know when you did the well if that was the lingo, was it? Uh, yeah, I think that was the lingo back when I did the well. This lingo's been around for a, a minute. long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah long, uh, we're not going to say what year, no. you know, that was, but a long time. Not necessary. But, um, yeah, so we talked about how... Um, kind of toward the end, we were talking about how the goal is that you develop this relationship where you have this, like, no, you don't just have, like, head knowledge of God, but it's, like, translated to heart knowledge and that dictates other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the next step in kind of all of this is grow. So the idea is now that you've decided to follow that now you'll grow in that new relationship Um, and I think that, like, that, like, having a relationship or doing all this relationally is, like, going to be the key and the context to, like, all the things we talk about today. Um, because I feel like you can't really talk about, like, the kind of growth that we're talking about without it being relational. And, like, um, so that just makes it, like, more complicated and less, like, checkboxy because when we think about growing or like learning something new i feel like the steps are usually like pretty clear right you know you go watch a youtube video you oh do yeah what they yeah. tell you. you do a little deep dive yeah. let me tell you lauren loves a deep dive into like learning new skills if you need to learn a new skill lauren is your woman because she uh it will take any task head on and she is very ready to just like learn how to do it she's like teach me the steps i'll figure it out um which is great but also sometimes backfires a little bit maybe yeah so <laughs> well i mean i would say backfire no it's just it's, harder than yeah, it's really anticipated but- well, you know, some tasks are easy where you can look yes. at a YouTube video and yes. figure it out and other tasks are harder and, you know, don't come to me as naturally. So yeah. Rachel is referring to. 
This is one of my favorite stories to tell. It's highly embarrassing, but oh. I think, well, I don't know. I've come to terms with it, so it was embarrassing at the time, but I feel like I'm okay with it now. I think it's really admirable. Yeah, but I share it because I think it's an important story to share. Yeah. Okay, so picture it. Uh, this. <laughs> so I am a 30-year-old woman, and I don't know how to swim. Right. I can swim to survive. I'm not going to drown. Yeah. But, you know, those people who are in the pool swim in laps like they look like they know what they're doing. That's not me. So me and do you feel like we're in like the no swim lessons generation generation? Like you were either like trained to be an Olympic swimmer or you were just like thrown into the deep end. They were just like, just like flail your arms and legs, like hope for the best. I don't know, maybe because Ian doesn't know how to swim either. So the three of us at this table never had swim lessons. But we're all the same age kind of. So So I think so. Because I think like now, like I have a friend at school whose daughter is uh, three or four and she's taking swim lessons and she's like learning how to swim. Oh yeah, we took our... And there's so many other kids, yeah, that are there that are her age that are, like, learning how to swim. Yeah, we took our two- and three-year-old to swim lessons. Yeah. Like, that's one of the first So I feel like it's, did. like, a thing now. Yeah. Like, people mm-hmm. are actually taught to swim, and not just, like, competitively. Right. <laughs> like, it's, like, a life skill. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a life skill. We no. Apparently. Apparently. I'll, I'll, we just... We'll get there someday. Right. So anyways, so uh, me and a couple friends, we were like, let's do a triathlon. We're like, this is going to be great. Had any of us done a triathlon before? No. But we're like, we can run, we can ride a bike. I've and- been in water. <laughs> right. I was like, I can learn how to swim. Like, I can swim to survive. I can learn how to swim for a triathlon. Thus sets out my goal yes. to learn how to swim. So I uh, sign up for swim lessons at the University of Toledo over at the rec. And I get in the pool and I have this college student trying to teach me how to swim. And again, like... I could swim to survive, so I was in the intermediate class. I wasn't in, like, the beginner's, this is water. Like, you yeah. be safe class. I was okay in the water. <laughs> like, they were, so, like, making you, like, put your face in the water right. and pull it back up. Though so I, I didn't realize, honestly, like, how I did have a pretty big fear of the water more than I realized. Like, I'm okay in the shallow end, but as soon as I got in the deep end, I did not have that confidence. I was like, I don't want to be in here. I'm going to drown. I'm not going to make it. Um, so it was really hard. And one of the things I had to work on with getting a good swim technique was getting my face in the water mm. because I could swim with my head above the water, but that's not really an efficient way to swim because then when your head comes up, your whole body comes down. It's just, it's a lot of work to swim that way. And it also really hurts your neck. So I was working on getting my face in the water, but when your face is in the water, you know, I'm not a fish. <laughs> like you have to come up to breathe. Yeah. Well, and your brain's actively telling you like drowning, drowning, right. drowning. So that was really hard for me to learn how to turn my head and figure out how to breathe and my swimming instructor keeps telling me like get your face in the water get your face in the water I'm like my face is in the water and we're a few swim lessons in at this point and I feel like I'm like not making any progress I'm not getting better and if you know me like I'm a person where like I can pick up new things pretty quickly so I'm used to like being able to pick up new things fast I'm Mm -hmm. used to just being good at it and if i'm not good at it then i don't do it (laughs) Um, because that's adulting that's right so i thought you know i'd take a few swim lessons and we get this it'll be good to go i watched the youtube videos like i don't know why i couldn't do it like the youtube videos i watched them and so it gets to the point where 
I'm trying to swim. I'm trying to put my face in the water. I'm trying to do all the things. And like, I can't even make it a lap across the pool. I'm so discouraged. I'm literally sitting in this pool at the University of Toledo with this poor college student who's trying to teach me how to swim. And I'm like a 30 year old woman in this pool crying because <laughs> I can't, I can't get it. It's too hard. And I think like, oh gosh, this poor college student. <laughs> she, has she does not no know idea what, to what do. she signed yeah, up for today. <laughs> 30 year old woman crying in the pool like probably used to kids doing this but you know not adults um yeah I just remember like getting out of the pool and just feeling so defeated like I walked into the locker room and like just went home and I just felt like I can't I can't do this this is so hard and the Lord spoke to me in that moment Mm -hmm. um because I'm a teacher and he literally said to me like you need to remember what it feels like to do hard things. Yeah. Like I ask my students to do hard things every single day. And like, I'm all about the growth mindset and do hard things and make mistakes. You can change it. Yeah. We learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Like we're not going to be perfect on the first try, but it had been so long since Mm -hmm. I had done something hard myself that like, I forgot what that feeling of failure and that feeling Mm -hmm. of honestly, it's growth feels like and it did mm-hmm. not feel great right so then i made a poster in my classroom um it's grumpy cap <laughs> and it says uh learning is terrible i hate learning <laughs> which is like you know i love learning but sometimes it feels terrible yeah like it really does and that it just it felt bad but in that moment like i knew that that was what i needed i needed to remember that growth isn't always easy yeah growth is painful yeah it is discouraging mm-hmm. like it makes you feel like you are not capable even though you are yeah that's part of the process yeah then i think that we have this like sunny idea of growth or when we think like the word grow we think of like this like clip art plant like coming out of the ground and like slowly blooming into a beautiful flower but like then when we're actually experiencing growth we're so uncomfortable and like that uncomfortability i think like is a hallmark of like, especially spiritual growth. Like mm-hmm. you're, you will feel uncomfortable. Like when there is something that you need to grow in or you need to learn, like it, it will be uncomfortable. Like that's probably how you know that you have found the thing that you need right. to grow in. Like you feel some level of uncomfortability and like as Christians, like we just have to get better at being okay with that. And it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard. Um, I feel like I have to end the story and say, I do, oh, yes. I do know how to swim now. She did it. I did. It Yay! took a lot of work, though. Like, an entire year of another set of lessons and practicing. Like, I, yeah. I feel like a very confident swimmer now. But it took a very long time to get there. Way longer than I thought. Turns out, four swim lessons is not enough <laughs> not- to become an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> Too bad. I know. <laughs> I will say, though, like, I think that, like, fits in so nicely because like what we're talking about is that like head knowledge doesn't always get you like where you need to be right like you had the head yeah you knew what to do you had the steps in your head but then like the doing of it was like so much harder and I feel like it's the same thing like we can know things about God but if we're not executing those things or we're not like practicing those things or trying to get better at those things like it's not going to get us the result that we want like Mm. it's going to be it's going to be harder and it's going to be more uncomfortable but like that is literally how you get from beginning to end. Um, so thank you for sharing that story. I know Anytime. I love to share it. <laughs> I'm really not embarrassed. It's by one it. of my favorites, and I think it's very admirable. And I think that 
the fact that you continue the well the fact honestly that you went back at all after that is like you should get high marks for that because I feel like I would just flee and be like we're done I don't this is not a skill that I need to ever acquire <laughs> um so in thinking about that like those steps to growth or thinking about um our head knowledge turning into like actionable steps um we wanted to share um some five they're called the five catalysts to growth. And these are all specifically the five catalysts to spiritual growth. Um, so we're going to kind of talk through those. We're going to share some scripture um, about those. Um, but that's just like the context in which we wanted to kind of frame our, our conversation on growth is that it's going to get uncomfortable. It might look ugly. You might cry. You might cry. You might tell yourself that you're actively dying and drowning, <laughs> but uh, on the other side of that, it's growth. Right. So, it's a grind. It yeah. Is. Well, I think too, particularly, sorry, this is a tangent, I thought I was ready to talk about the catalyst, but <laughs> turns out I'm not. Um, I think it's like, uh, particularly hard, and maybe you both feel like this also, but like, uh, I have like an achiever spirit. Mm-hmm. I love to be good at things. Mm-hmm. I love to like get things done and like I love for it just to come naturally and be easy and like I love for somebody to be like, Good job. You did a great job. Like I love that. Um and when you're growing at something, you usually need some kind of feedback. Where that is not the feedback. The feedback yeah. isn't you're great at this thing, keep going. <laughs> like that's not the way that you get better at things. Uh so for all you achievers who are listening, maybe you fall into that category of you just want to be good at it because you want someone to tell you that you did a good job. And that could be coming. Or it could not be coming until you die and you meet Jesus. <laughs> and he says, Well done. <laughs> Thank you, and uh I would say either of those scenarios are okay. Uh, one is a sadder road. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we all have kind of like, I think, some predispositions to like how we approach growth or like what it means to us. And however you're approaching it, maybe some of these things will help you. Maybe you know in one area specifically, like, oh, I need to be better at that or I need to like actually take some steps to to change things. Um, so just as we go through these five things, be thinking to yourself, like, where am I in this category? How can I be better? What could be different? What steps do I need to take? Um, and yeah, I hope that is helpful. So our first catalyst to spiritual growth is practical teaching. So, uh, I'm assuming that practical teaching is, um, Along the lines of, like, you hear things that are about God or spiritual things, and then you apply them to your life. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that, like, storing knowledge in the bank, but it's like, I heard something, and now I'm ready to do something differently. Right. Or, like, you know, you hear it, and it causes a heart change. Yeah. Like, you feel that, like, stirring of, like, that's probably me, or, like, that's something that I need to, like, listen to, or uh like really here um so in matthew 7 in verses 28 and 29 it says when jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law so i feel like um that's just pointing to like people were like enamored by the things that jesus had to say like they they heard it and it like resonated with them uh, and then they were immediately like, this is different. Like, I have to do something with this. 
Um, do either of you have like examples that come to mind, like off the top of your head for that? Uh, we were just talking about this the other day, but we talk about this a lot at UT. But at one Blitz rally, uh, Matt Party, mm. who you may get to hear from at Toledo at some point in time, um, he did a teaching and he talked about being faithful over fruitful mm. and God calls us to be faithful over fruitful. And I think especially for us achievers, yeah. like mm. we want to see the fruit. We're working hard. We're here. Like we want to see the fruit that's coming from our hard work. Mm-hmm. And when we don't see that fruit. We don't see the results, very results driven. It's really discouraging. We mm-hmm. think, what are, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm-hmm. why am I not being given what I deserve? Like mm-hmm. where are the results? We're doing the work. This is what I'm expecting. Uh-huh. Um, and just that reminder that God calls us to be faithful. Uh-huh. He calls us to come and show up every day and to do the work and believe that he's doing the work as well. Right. And he's doing way more work than we are. Yeah. Like to believe that one, it's, it's not just us doing the work and it's not just up to us to make the change. Mm-hmm. But two, like even if we don't see the change ourselves, it doesn't mean that God isn't doing work. It just means like we don't see the big picture. Right. And I think, yeah, when we're just being a really results driven person and achiever wanting that good job mm-hmm. or wanting to see that end result. Um, we've, we've had some discouraging times in ministry. College ministry is hard. Right. It's sometimes a discouraging place to be, but to remember to be faithful over fruitful and to just show up, like trust God yeah, and work for him. That's so good. And, like, you had probably, like, heard those points, you know, previously. Yeah, for sure. But it's through, like, those specific, like, stirrings. Like, mm-hmm. for some reason, that day, it stuck with you as right. Party was saying it. And I think, like, stuck my heart was since. just in that place of being discouraged. Yes. And, like, that was, that was what my soul needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the area, too, that we try to, like, maybe detach from those stirrings in that, like, we tell ourselves, like, well, the teaching category is, like, just, like, consuming content. So it's, like, mm-hmm. listening to podcasts or watching teachings on YouTube or tuning in on Sundays and, you know, watching the live stream and listening to whoever's teaching teach. Um, and I think that there's, like, this, uh, like – natural bend to just like zone out and just take things in like just consume for sure um but i feel like the push and the growth is like taking it in and then immediately pushing it out into Mm -hmm. some kind of like application or action so like i don't know what that looks like based on what you're hearing or what like is stirring you but i would encourage you the next teaching you're listening to like asking yourself like what can i do with this like okay i feel these things or i like i feel convicted or i feel moved or i feel like you know having some kind of reaction what do i do with that like what's the next step yeah i think even taking a step back and saying like i feel this feeling why am i having yes. such a strong reaction to this like what's going on in my heart where this thing really uh triggered this emotion in me mm-hmm. and analyzing what is this feeling why am i having it and yeah. then yeah taking that next step Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, so the next catalyst, which maybe we should say what a catalyst is. A catalyst is a thing that causes another thing to happen. Yeah, in chemistry. Oh, here we go. We're going to get deep. Oh, yeah. In chemistry, it is something that causes a chemical reaction to start. So, yeah, one thing that causes another thing, just like a catalyst and a chemical reaction. Yeah. There you go. So it gets it started. So we would say that all these things get the growth started. Right. Um, so yeah, the next growth one. Growth requires a chemical reaction in a plant. So there we go. Whoa. It's all science, people. Wow. So I know. It was intentional. 
design this <laughs> Whoa. All right, so the next one is private disciplines, which I feel like has a lot of loaded connotations <laughs> that, that were disciplines. So when we talk about disciplines here at H2O, we're usually talking about spiritual disciplines. Um, and there's quite a few different spiritual disciplines. They're outlined in Matthew. So if you're interested, you know, give it a Google, Google spiritual disciplines, Matthew, you'll, you'll get, you'll get somewhere. Um, but some of them are, you know, prayer, fasting, um, meditation, uh, it's late in the day. My brain's not working. (laughs) I feel like there's others, right? (laughs) Exhortation. Well, that's a fancy seminary word there, Ian. <laughs> I apologize. Basically, like, using scripture to encourage one another. There we go. Oh, okay. Scripture. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like those are the big ones. Those are, those yeah. are the big, those are the main ones. Um, There's lots. And so the idea is that they're called disciplines because they're not things that you naturally just do. Or they're not things that naturally just, like come easily to us like we have to practice them we have to like keep doing them and there are things that like it's not like you you do it once and then you're like done forever like well i i talked to god once so i'm good to go (laughs) like no like it's like prayer is a daily discipline where it's like you go back and you do it again and again and again and again um or same with like meditation like i think meditation's really having a heyday right now um and i think that like people think like I tried it once for like 10 minutes and nothing happened or I didn't like it and like have never gone back to it. Um, or fasting. You hear a lot of people say like, well, fasting is just not for me. Like I'm, I'm somebody who needs to eat. Well, spoiler alert, we're all people that need to eat. (laughs) So I don't know that, you know, offhanded, you know, no pressure to do anything or not do anything. But, um, so like these are the, like these ideas are that like you're setting aside time in your normal day to practice one of these disciplines uh, to in an attempt to grow closer to God, to grow an understanding of him, to know, know him. Um, so I think that we talk, a, I feel like we talk a lot about disciplines uh, here in H2O. I feel like a lot of times it happens in life group. Yeah, for sure. We've done whole life groups like mm-hmm. last semester after we uh we're online. We did whole life group on spiritual disciplines. Yeah, because we were all alone in our yeah, houses. Yeah, because we all needed it. Yeah, it was like the only thing we could do is be spiritually season. disciplined. It was a yeah. good season. Yes. Um. So, anybody have anything else to add on that, or can we can we push forward? I would just the only thing I would add to that is just like when you hear spiritual disciplines, like Rachel said, they're intentional and they are somewhat confusing. Like you can read some verses on them and not have the full context for them. So if you are listening to this and you have any questions about spiritual disciplines, like reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. You know, if you're listening to this as part of the well content, talk to your one twelve partner about them. This is part of one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to help you guys have these conversations and to learn about these things. Yeah, that's great. So the next uh catalyst is personal ministry um so that's like the things that you are specifically doing to um 
build the kingdom of God, basically. So, like, what part you're playing on the team Mm -hmm. to kind of move forward the message of the gospel, to tell people about Jesus, um, to glorify God. Um, And I will say that I feel like as a a part of a college church, we – we do really great in the personal ministry category because if people aren't personally ministering, we don't exist. (laughs) Like, uh, we need it. And, uh, I think we do like a good, uh, job at it in that, like people are busy and doing things. And like, it's so awesome to see people who are like excited to do things and excited to be busy for God. Like that's so exciting and so awesome. Um, but I think the reason that it's a personal catalyst is because it can be real hard. <laughs> like yeah. Lauren was saying earlier, uh, it can be a downer. Uh, and it, I think it's like a lot of expectation management. It's a lot of disappointment management. It's a lot of like consistently reminding yourself like the why of what you're doing. Uh, why do we keep doing this even though we're not getting the result that we wanted or like um, – like, how how are we like hindering or helping you know yeah, our cause self-reflection yeah, yeah and i think it can feel very personal you know mm-hmm. this category is called personal ministries so i think it can feel very personal but i think that like uh that is the that's where god uses it to create that growth like he's creating space like in all of those missed opportunities and all of those uh, things that didn't go, didn't go the way that we planned or, you know. Um, but in order to get there, you got to get in the game. So in Matthew 9, 35 through 38, says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Whoa. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So I feel like this is like the point of like, there's always something to do. You know, there's always, um, and not just like a task to be done, but it's like the kingdom of God is like it's endless and it's mm-hmm. like there's always room and there's always things to do and there's always uh, space and there's always room for growth and uh, we need everybody. Like if, mm-hmm. if you want in, there's there's space for you. So um, I think that like though the, the tricky part of this is that like uh, it does feel – like you're like okay like the harvest is plentiful there's there's things to do there's people for me to reach there's people for me to tell about the gospel but the workers are few so I'm like willing to be one of those people and then doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to uh and that growth is hard those lessons are hard all right moving on the next one is providential relationships that's a I feel like providential is a, is a big word it's just a fancy word for uh like holy or anointed or like chosen mm-hmm. all yeah, those I, things I like chosen. chosen yeah um nice. it has chosen like an intentionality for you yes for a specific purpose. yes so all those things um apply to relationships and ian has our verse for that yeah and it's proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. as iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another so, um, I think in our story series that we've done so far on the podcast, you hear a lot about providential relationships, like Absolutely. 
a lot of people sharing stories of how like this person specifically mm-hmm. like reached out to me or this person specifically like really spent time uh, like pouring into my life and teaching me things and befriending me and um, but I think that those relationships in this case are a catalyst for growth because like God is using us to sharpen each other mm-hmm. and um, I think that like in the well the best place to see that is not only um hopefully like with your peers which right now is kind of complicated because i don't know how much time you're getting with your peers but with your 112 partners um hopefully those are providential relationships where it's like you have somebody who is curious about your life cares deeply about you will do that sharpening um and uh will really like dive into kind of like the nitty-gritty um and I think that's probably the place where it's seen maybe the most in H2O. I would agree with that, especially just like college is one of those times where you're just around people, you're meeting new people, you're forming new friendships. And like in H2O, people are just excited to meet each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like H2O has an awesome culture of just like, oh, hey, you're new. Hey, come be our friend. And just like, not just like superficial friendships, but like willing to walk through like the ups and downs of life with people because college is the start of that roller coaster. And then as people who are out of college now and still working with college students, we can look back and say, like, hey, I've been through what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, we can speak into that. But then also with each other, we get to go through the ups and downs of life that we're currently doing with each other. Those Mm -hmm. are more providential relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when we look at 112 partners and the Mm -hmm. verse that that comes from, Mm -hmm. it's Romans 112. And it says, may we be mutually encouraged mm-hmm. by each other's faith. So we talk about iron sharpening iron and yeah. being mutually encouraged. We're not just talking about like someone in power teaching you things. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, an equal relationship where we're mutually encouraged by each other. We're mm-hmm. teaching each other. We're mm-hmm. learning from each other. We're mm-hmm. encouraged by each other's faith. Mm-hmm. And like, it's that pointing each other back to Jesus. Right. Like in all of those circumstances or all of those things. Like, uh, I think the growth is like, you know, like, it's not just always, like, listening and agreeing. It's, like, pointing people back towards Jesus. And it's, like, that idea of, like, when iron sharpens iron. But, like, the idea of, like, it's not just, like, it's, again, not that picture of, like, oh, a yeah. bud growing out of the ground. It's not pretty. No, it's, like, it's it's sparky. It's, yeah, like, you it's know. Like, yeah, there's probably, like, it's kind of ashy. Yeah, if you don't know what's happening, and, you could be, yeah. like, oh, that seems kind of. It seems kind of wild. That terrible noise, yeah. like the nails on the chalkboard. Yeah, so it's like, but it's all done in the context of like, you know, that mutual encouragement, that like safe place, the that pushing each other toward Jesus and pushing each other toward uh, like a higher purpose and a higher calling, and um, it can feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Like, we don't just drift into godliness. That's something we say a lot around in H two O. But it's just like that sharpening of each other. There is conflict. There is sparks. There's going to be tension. Mm-hmm. And instead of like, I feel like there's a thing in the world right now where people just kind of run away from conflict or like cancel culture, whatever it could be. We could rant on that, but we're not going to do that right now. But like authentic relationships, like providential relationships, like you're willing to go through like the tough conversations with people and you're willing to sit down and have uncomfortable conversations where it's just like hey like what you're doing right now isn't really christ-like or like hey like i'm worried about you or like what you're doing is not just hurting you but also your friends Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good
All right. Our last catalyst. We've almost reached the end. We're almost fully grown. <laughs> All right. Is pivotal circumstances. So I think this is the one that's maybe most accessible, uh, maybe especially in 2020. <laughs> it's basically saying that hard times teach you things and that creates growth. <laughs> um, can you relate? Can, yeah, anybody out there uh, find that relatable. Um, I think that especially right now, we can easily look around and see and sense a lot of bad, maybe a lot of scary um, and in that unknown or in that uh, kind of difficulty, uh, we would say here at H2O, we would say during the well that the Lord will use those circumstances specifically as a catalyst for you to grow, to know him more deeply, uh, to become deeper rooted in him uh, and in his purposes for your life. Uh, and we know how kind of saccharine and shallow that can sound when you are genuinely going through a hard time Mm -hmm. um but we mean it and we've lived it uh i feel like we all could point to specific circumstances and say like would not have chosen it would not do it again but i learned a lot (laughs) um uh there's a verse in second corinthians uh it's verses three through seven And it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. It's a lot of comfort. It's a lot of comfort, um, especially when we've made such a point to talk about how we're going to have uncomfortability. Uh, I do feel like this is a good cap because it's like, even in that uncomfortability, he's the God of all comfort. That's exciting. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. I think we could all use a little bit of that right now. Like, I need a a reminder of that. Yes. Again, big picture. Like, we can't always see that big picture. Yes. God can, though. God can, and he's working it out, and you will learn things and grow in whatever that circumstance is. So that's our last catalyst. So quickly, rapid fire, the five catalysts were practical teaching, private discipleship, oh gosh, private discipline. There you go. <laughs> Personal ministry, providential relationships, and pivotal circumstances. So as you're listening, I hope that you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, how am I doing in all of those? Or do any of those stick out specifically as like a way that you feel like God's growing you or teaching you things? Um, And then I hope whatever is pointed out that you decide on the next step. Maybe you talk to your 112 partner about what a next step might look like. Maybe you reach out to one of us and ask what a next step might look like, or you want to share your next step. Maybe you already know. Um, but we can't wait to hear it and we hope that you all continue to grow, uh, and learn new things and try new things and go try something hard. It's worth it. Go try something hard. Maybe learn to swim. Yeah. It's on the list. I will say (laughs) the swim lessons at UT are great. 
10 out of 10. You would, would recommend. recommend. <laughs> Not afraid of criers. That's right. <laughs> All right, Ian, go ahead and wrap us up. Awesome. Lauren, thanks again for coming on and joining us. And well, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. Mo, on the other hand, we have to talk about that. But we'll talk about <laughs> That's fair. But, and for all of you listening, thank you again for just spending this time with us this week. You're probably listening to us on a Sunday or whenever throughout the week. But we always appreciate it. And remember, wherever you're listening from, leave us a like. Leave us a review. We want people who like stuff like this to know about us and to know about our church and the ministry that we're doing here on UT's campus. So remember to share the podcast. If you have any questions on anything we talked about at all, we went through the five catalysts, but we kind of did a brief summary of them. Like Each one of these could be their own podcast episode and more. So if you have any questions, please remember to email us at lovepodloverockets at gmail.com and join us next time for Well Session 3. Bye.